Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you to another episode of A Woman Broken, A Woman Healed podcast. I am your host, Phyllis Knight. A Woman Broken, A Woman Healed podcast talks about everyday life situations we face as women. Tonight, our topic is what's wrong. I have a very special guest tonight who just happens to be my husband's cousin. Her name is Natasha Boyd from Pascagoula, Mississippi. She is married with two beautiful children and a grandmother of four. She has a brand new granddaughter, one month old, and she is absolutely beautiful. Good evening, Natasha, and welcome to the podcast tonight. Good evening, Phyllis, and thank you for having me. Great. I am so glad to have you on tonight. And we have a um, a very good topic tonight, an informative topic and a topic that touch a lot of people. We're going to be discussing um, autism on tonight. And I know that you um, are um, dealing with autism in your family. You um, have a granddaughter who is um, recently diagnosed with autism. And I just wanted to... Um, see how she's how she's doing and you can tell us a little bit about your granddaughter okay yeah my granddaughter morning bella she's uh, uh in her name morning she's named after uh our uh your, your husband and, and and um and my great 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 grandmother morning night mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so but morning is um um three years old and uh, she made three January 29th, and she thought she is autistic, like you said. Most we didn't um, in the beginning. Uh, you don't notice it because they're they're they're, they're young, and most people don't. I'm gonna say we didn't. I don't know how other people, but I know we didn't in the beginning. Uh, but Mona was so chill that we call her chill baby, meaning that she could put her own self to sleep. She just didn't really cry. She was just uh, one of the best babies to babysit. And uh, but later on, as she started um, aging, um, there were certain milestones she wasn't meeting. Uh, like she didn't begin to do any talking, speaking words. She did baby talk, babble, but she didn't do words. And uh, by the time she was 18 months we really uh noticed it and we let it carry on uh hope, hopefully by the time she was two we would she would be where we thought she should be and uh, by then COVID had hit and everything was uh was doctor offices were closed and that and and things but we reached out to our doctor and to let them know that we were concerned and, and at first they said well she's still young and we were like yeah that's the same thing we're saying but however we don't want to just be sitting and waiting and not finding out what's going on as to why morning isn't speaking right 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 so were there any other uh, behaviors that she was exhibiting that you all began to notice um, that was cause for concern for her also? Well, um, she liked to bounce and jump, but we buy those bouncing toys for kids. And, but because it helps them with their coordination, but that was a sign 
uh, it's something about autistic children. They love to jump and they love to bounce. So when we realized that that was really a part of um, of some of her traits, we purchased a, a, a kitty trampoline to help with her therapy. Right. That um, she she wasn't. She wasn't, she's never, you know, she wasn't one of those children that would af- was afraid to go to people. But I'll tell you what, I never just totally saw things myself. My mother did. My mother saw more so than me. Uh, the things that she was, she was the one who really seen it. So did I, did I see anything? No, I did not. Right, right. So I know um, I also am a a new grandmother. Um, My grandson is five months old, and he's at that stage where um, he reacts to, like, my voice when I um, call his name. He smiles, and, um, you know, if I, you know, make funny gestures, you know, he'll smile and he'll laugh. Was morning, um, was she doing that when she was a baby? I guess I'm trying to understand what would be different from a child that has autism when they're like at that age, five or six months old. Was she doing the normal things that a five or six month old baby would do at at her age at that time? She was. We have the um, the electronic door keypad. Mm -hmm. Bella would hear that door. Well, my mom came in. My mom would come over all the time. She spends a lot of time with Bella, too. The first year, my mom and I, I said, we just, uh, we took over Bella. We spent a lot of time with her. And um, she would hear that door open, and she would be looking and expecting my mother to come. So, yes, she was alert. She, she knew our voices. She smiled. Her whole first year of life is pretty much documented on Facebook. I had created her a page just so she would have memories of me uh, when I leave this earth. And not only that, that I would have memories of her and with her. And so she did, she did those things. Hmm. Okay. So it was after she was about a year old that she started not to um, make the mark of those milestones that she needed to make as far as like saying ball or cat or stop, you know, just saying those one word phrases. She wasn't making those marks at that time. Is that correct? That is. And also she wasn't responding to her name. Uh, you okay. can call most children name and they may turn around and after a while, you know, you, they learn their name and they would respond. Mm-hmm. Bella uh, didn't respond her name. Right, right, right. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a moment, you know, at this time, and we're going to touch back on some of those things, but I want to read, I have 10 signs of autism, and I'm going to uh, read about five of them, and then um, we can discuss um, some more, because there might be some people out there who may suspect that they have a child who is autistic and may not know all of the signs of autism. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first five and we're going to discuss some of those and then we'll come back and read the other five later. But the first sign of that your child could be autistic is struggling with ordinary activities. All children have different de- de- developmental paces and traits 
If a child struggles with ordinary activities, most children their age have mastered. This could be a sign of a development mental disability. And that sounds like something that you were saying that you all had noticed with, uh, with Morning Bella. Number two, extraordinary sensitivity. Children with autism process sensory input differently from others. They are overly particular about the color of their clothing or refuse foods of a particular text texture or taste. Number three, extreme lack of sensitivity. Sometimes autism causes hyposensitivity instead of hypersensitivity. They may place themselves in dangerous situations. They may react nonchalantly to a burn or extreme cold or may not react to scraping their knees. Number four, repetitive actions. They may frequently exhibit the same bodily movement or express, facial expression or develop a compulsive need for certain routines and patterns. They may get upset about the rearrangement of toys or when food is served. Number five, attachment to objects. Most children have a favorite toy, outfit, or object. They tend to develop an unusual attachment to objects they may talk to and care for their object of, as if it was alive. And um, I know some of those um, five um, signs. Was um, Morning Bella exhibiting any of that? Does she have like a favorite toy or does she get upset if, um, you know, about like her food, you know, uh, uh, things like that or things, you know, like if she, if her routine is out, you know, of order from her daily, does those things like that upset her or? Or how does she respond to things like that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So let's first talk about the um, the favorite thing. She does. She has a favorite blanket, a blanket that she's had since she was an infant. And as a matter of fact, today she had to take it to school. I, I, she has a different uh, blanket that I send to school with her. Let me touch on the schooling real quick, and then I'll go back. So okay. once we were we realized that Morning um, Bella was having some developmental delays, mm -hmm. um, and and everything started opening back up. October of 2020, we enrolled her into daycare, hoping that she, her being with other children would also help her. Uh, grow in areas that we felt like she was delayed in. So she turned one, well, she turned two, uh, January 29, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then she started daycare that October. Okay, so, and, and, and uh, just so she could start interacting with other children. Uh, she, she has this blanket, and, and when I, I say that, because today she, she wanted to bring the blanket out of the house uh, with her, um, and she did. And I let her take it to school, but I had to make sure that that blanket got picked up today. Because morning, when she's tired or, or when she gets that blanket, you know, that means morning's ready to go to bed. Morning has a TV show that we've been watching since she was uh, she was just um, uh, 
able to watch the TV before she was even one. It's called Ruby Gloom. And to this day, morning still watches Ruby Gloom. Uh, she has, so she has two. She has Ruby Gloom that she'll watch during her active part of the day. But when she's tired of Ruby Gloom, she, she behaves in a way that lets you know, I'm tired of this. So then we put it on her ABC show, which has more of a subtle sound. It has lullabies and it's an ABC. It's a more, uh, a little late, more laid back than her Ruby Gloom. Yes, and she does let you know. You can tell by her actions. She, like I said, she loves uh, the same things as far as eating. She likes chicken, uh, just certain things. And that, um, that's what they say at the daycare. Morning, won't eat. Uh, she just eat her roll and her fruit. She loves her fruit and her roll and her roll or her toast. Well, here lately, she she well every day she had chicken. She ate drumsticks and she used to eat fries. Well, she stopped eating fries and she stopped eating her drumsticks. So now we're trying to figure out. But she still she'll still eat her fruit. Uh, she likes the red grapes. She won't eat the green grapes. You can sit them there, put them there. They're going to sit there. She, she, yeah, she's not. So she's a particular bottle color. And so right now we got to try to figure out how to, um, you know, get her to incorporate more foods into her life, into her diet and things. But we keep her on a nutritional drink, a toddler nutritional drink because of that. So she's always been at the 98th. At 85 percentile of her weight. As a matter of fact, I was looking at her, uh, one of her uh, after visit summaries back in um, May of 2018, where she was 15 pounds and 12 ounces, and she was at the 85th percentile of her weight. So she's always been good with her weight. But I noticed here lately, uh, when she injured herself the other day, and we took her to the uh, emergency room because she's nonverbal. Um, and you say like they will, they'll injure themselves, um, and they may, and, and because she's nonverbal, she can't tell you, and you don't know. And, and so we try, we pay attention to a lot of things that she do, um, and she gets into as much right. as possible. So we took her, um, uh, we took, and when we take her to the doctor, like to the ER or something, we are, we we let them know she's autistic and nonverbal, and that changes their approach on how they handle her and how they react to her. Right, and she right. Does, and, and even um, as a three-year-old, which you you were saying about the sensory things, they are she everything goes in her in her mouth. She's gonna um, put it in her mouth, put things in her mouth. Uh, that she shouldn't have in her mouth. And um, her food, when she get it, she's going to touch it. She touches it on in her face. She touch her forehead with it. Uh, she touch her cheek. Just, I guess, so she's trying to figure out what this is. So we're learning. She's been uh, a learning. I've learned so much and just paid more attention to her than I ever did any child. Because when the my, my children just met their milestones, and so they were just there. They, they were present. I loved them. I saw that they went to school. I fed them. I, I provided for them. But I didn't really know them like as intimate as I know one and Bella. Because, because she's nonverbal, and we have to pay attention to her cues and make us be more focused on her right. and more attentive to right. her. So when you all went to the doctor to have her tested, 
do they have like classes and things like that to help the parents to be able to adjust and to be able to look for, you know, those things, um, you know, to clue into certain things about your child. Like you said, when you have your own, you had your own children, you know, we just, like you said, they meet their milestones and, you know, you're like, oh, they're walking now or they're talking, you know, whatever. But when you have a child that's autistic, then like you said, you have to be more focused on them. You have to understand what she's meaning when she's whining, you know, or you you understand what I'm saying? So do they give you all classes to take to help you in those areas to recognize different signs and things like that to, um, you know, to better parent her? I'm not aware of any classes yet, but that's something I, I will definitely inquire about and research, and I'll have an answer for you the next time that we speak. But they give us, like, a resource guide. And speaking of the testing process, most children, I've learned that they're three before they're diagnosed because of the testing you go through. So when the uh, to get... Uh, you, you go through a ADOS, is what it's called. It's, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a, little, a process they go through. Uh, you go through, they watch them, observe them, make notes, test them out. And, and you go through that before you get your diagnosis of autism. Mm -hmm. So you don't, yeah, you don't just walk in a doctor's office and they say, oh, your baby's autistic. Right. They, go through a, a testing and I tell people so when people when we were uh people were guiding me and helping me they, we, we checked we wanted to make sure morning hearing was good so we had morning she, uh hearing tests done well mm -hmm. um we made sure that okay that wasn't an issue oh another thing you know before we I wanted, we were like, man, what is going on with this baby? Did my daughter, you know, we were wondering, I'm going to be real honest. Did my daughter, I asked her, did you smoke weed, marijuana, while you were carrying something. this baby? Right, I right, wanted right. to know, but to come to find out, it's genetics. Um, uh, wanted, um, okay, so let me tell you some of the steps we did, just to, uh, and to help someone that may not know what to do. Okay, we had the hearing test done. We had her vision done. They won't do, they, uh, the, the, the day after she turned three is when they did her vision. So they don't, most kids are, uh, unless they detect something when they're younger uh, on them. Um, then we, we took her to the neurologist. The neurologist, when he's seen her, he's like, I don't see anything wrong with her other than she's not talking. Well, uh, right. You know, and they do. They look like just normal little kids, and you don't right. know if you don't know. And right. but to come and find out, she has um, a, mu a mutation on her chromosome one gene, which means so that's her chromosome one gene duplicated in mm -hmm. one of the in one of the um, at, 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 we at, we we have an appointment with uh, with the genetics. Uh, uh, person, we had to get referral. Everything, oh, and everything is a referral. So right. when you have a doctor, uh, you, you have your pediatrician become friends and acquainted with their referral coordinator. Uh, right. I had we had an awesome and dynamic one, and I think she's no longer going to be with the office. But she said she was going to make sure that the new new lady knew us 
And um, so everything moved really quickly um, once we were able to get back moving and get everything shaken. But we had to there. So we, we went to neurologist. So that's when they did the testing, found out that she had the double uh, one chromosome. Um, we did the hearing. Then um, and she was getting uh, she had tubes put in her ear uh, January of this year. She was getting uh, ear infections. And so they finally went on and put the tubes. And we also told them, look, she's not she's nonverbal. So before it was like we would say, oh, she's got an ear infection. Every time you look, oh, she's pulling at her ear. We would say she's pulling at her ear. For some reason, this baby is pulling at her ear. And they would say, oh, she's just doing that. I'm looking at her ear. Her ear is fine. It looks fine. But something, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes you they don't see. It may not be just where they can just look right there. Maybe it, that fluid fills up behind that right. ear. And, right. and and cause issues, but you have to stay on top of it. You have to let them know. And I, I'll go with your first diagnosis. You tell me this, and then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna continue to to watch it and take notes. And and when I come back to you, I'm gonna say, well, this is what I also noticed. I, I try to take pictures. Uh, I, I when she's doing it, and I'm saying, look, this is what she's doing. She's doing often. This isn't just a tugging. She's right. She's being, this ear is bothering her. And you have to, uh, you have to be a real advocate for, for, you, for children, period. Right. But especially for um, an autistic and a nonverbal child. Wow, wow. Well, I, I tell you, um, you guys are just the best parents and grandparents, you know, because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, know what to do and like you said to just document you know ask questions to the doctor and then document it and then come back and tell them sometimes we just you know like you know look look at you no know, overlook things i know like when my son was um young my middle son um and he used to sit close to the tv and he looked like he was squinching his eyes and i thought oh he just you know he just you know wanted some glasses because his friend wanted some glasses but he had got tested at school and I mean yeah he had got tested at school you know for glad you know his eye test he failed it and um I still kind of you know pushed it aside you know I, I wasn't I didn't do my part but ultimately you know he had another test the next year and a teacher finally called me and said you know Miss Knight um I think your son really need some glasses. So I took him to the um, eye doctor and he really did need glasses. And matter of fact, he wasn't hardly seeing anything out of his right eye. And right now today he has a cataract behind his eye that they're not able to do surgery on. But, you know, we have to, like you said, as parents, be more attentive to their behaviors and things like that and not just like push it aside but, you know, like you say, sometimes we got to document that information and refer it back to the physician. And that way we're, we're helping the doctors and the pediatricians or, you know, if they have to go to an autism treatment center or something like that to be able to properly diagnose them because you're actually giving them the correct information. But before we move on, I'm going to go ahead and read um, the last five of those um those signs and we're not going to hold you um 
you know, too long. So I'm going to go with number six. Um, number six is aloof, aloofness. Since autism causes underdevelopment of social skills, aloofness is a common trait. They prefer to stay away from their peers and spend time with inanimate objects more than humans. Number seven, difficulty with communication. A child with autism may rarely start conversations and respond unsatisfactory to others' attempts to interact. They seem oblivious to general protocols, making eye contact, talking at an audible pitch, or doing what is asked of them. They may go through a disobedient phase. Number eight, fixation. They have um, they can have an excessive fascination or obsession with a particular subject, like he was talking about the movie. They often have specialized interests and strive to learn everything about a chosen topic. They may watch how a fan spins for hours or become obsessed with learning about an insect or a character in a movie. Number nine, self Injury, due in part to a tendency to react less strongly to stimuli, some children with autism injure themselves in the same way over and over. Example, banging their head, poking their eye, or picking their skin. Number 10, obvious delays in development. Developmental milestones are estimates. They help parents keep track of whether or not their children are developing at an average rate. If a child misses many milestones, such as babbling and gesturing within 12 months, speaking single words by 16 months, and saying two or three word phrases by age two, tests for developmental delays or disorders could explain their challenges and that sounds like exactly what you've been talking about with morning bella you know i know you said that she had injured herself um recently she injured her eye and um that's one of the things sometimes kids with um, autism can burn themselves or injure themselves and they seem unfazed by it you know, and so have sh those things happened to um to morning that she's injured herself and she just don't even see face or, you know, I know we had talked about sometimes she can sit in front of a, a heater and the heat doesn't bother her. I know some kids can extreme cold won't bother them like it would, um, you know, everyone else. Has she, she that? She, um, I haven't seen her injure herself. Um, directly but i do recall like you you mentioned the uh the head banging sometimes she would just sit there and it's not a hard bang but it's something to let us know she sits there and she would tap her head against the wall and we'll say hold up okay something's going on with morning she needs mm -hmm. something or she wants something mm -hmm. and uh and you and you mentioned something about their loopness and you're right mm -hmm. and she I went and observed her one Friday at her school, and she does she she 
prefers to be by herself. She has a, a, a mini mouse. Um, she used to have Hobbs. We named him Hobbs. It was an elephant. She would always have with her. He played with her, slept with her. She, uh, uh, everything she did, he did. She uh, eat with her and everything. Uh, but then she went to Minnie, and uh, Minnie did that as well. Well, one weekend, Minnie was missing, and we, we, it, oh, it was a rough weekend. It was a rough mm -hmm. weekend without Minnie. Even though she has other Minnie, we bought a whole set of them, and she know she knows that even with Hobbs, she's got about five Hobbs. One because she would keep him so dirty, and I was like, I'm not gonna drag him around to doctor offices with me. But she knew exactly which one was which, and wow. um, yeah. But she would like you mentioned about sitting in front of the heater. She does. She would sit close to that heater, uh, and we would be like, I can't understand how she can even do such. Mm -hmm. And um, and when she do, when, and she's tough. So a lot of her injuries. So if she cries. We know that's a serious injury. So when she entered her eye, um, she uh, she cried, and mm. it was like, uh, and so we knew, hey, let's go ahead and go get her checked. So we took her to the ER, and let's go get her checked and see what's going on. And, and but when she cries, yeah, we know it's something serious because she very seldom cries. Right, right, and she um. Like it was talking about um, a looseness, um, you know, oftentimes they prefer to stay by themselves rather than, you know, be among their peers. So generally she likes to, you know, play by herself with her toys rather than playing with um, the kids in, in her class. Is that something that she does often? Yeah, that's from what, yes, that's what our teacher mm -hmm. said morning, just kind of uh, stays to herself. And, you know, and in the beginning we kind of, I thought it was because, uh, uh, between it's a 13 year gap between morning and her oldest brother um, mm -hmm. and then so morning was like the only child at that time so we didn't know if it was just because um, she was just used to being by herself but later on we found out that that is part of that is some of the traits of right. autism they right. like to be alone and, and, and i tell you what um sometimes some people take that as being shy but it's not being shy they just like to be by themselves they they like to be by themselves mm -hmm. you're absolutely right um but i, I, you, you I was going to say something else i'm sorry I, I interrupted you i was and um it kind of has slipped my mind. Usually, I write some notes down on what I'm gonna talk about. But, um, uh, but yeah, it. I I just tell people, you know, like I said, just be an advocate. And like you say, we we um, uh, when you're talking about your son with the eye high, was sitting in front of the TV watching. And like I said, in life, life be so busy for us as parents, and we're right. busy. Uh, taking care of the bills, making money, providing for the house, making sure everybody's needs are being met and things are being done, papers are being signed for school, things that it just passes you by so quick that you don't really sit down and just hone in on something, but you have to. We have right. to, uh, so that I wish I could go back and do things differently with my children and be more attentive, but I get this chance to do it with my granddaughter and I love it and um mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change it. So a lot of people, oh you always got it. Yeah, I do. I have her. It's not and, and, and 
it's not that her mom don't want them because actually we be I was so glad when my daughter got pregnant with uh with my grandson Chase because I was like, Okay, yeah, that'll give her something to do besides bother me and morning Bella. And but she was still there. So then when she got pregnant with my granddaughter morning and I found out it was a girl, I'm like, Yes, you know, but uh I love them too, but um morning is just different and yes, I'm sir. here for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. here for it to be here, to be an advocate, to learn. Um, I'm actually going to be uh, in- going to our local sheriff's office with the Project Lifesaver. Uh, some brochures, wow. if you, that's for, uh, it's a, it's a low, it helps you locate wanderers. Or not, that's another thing. Children with autism, uh, they like to wander. Mm-hmm. And they will, and they'll dart off, run off, um, mm. just take off running. And morning yes. will just take off running. So a lot of times, when if you see us out, you'll see I got a tethered with her little uh, little strap on us because yes. she they move fast. Right. And right. so uh, when you know, you know, and you have to be prepared for it. Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you, this has been just a a very informative um, topic, and I really have learned a lot uh, about autism. Um, You know, I had a close family member who had a child that was autistic, um, though it was never said, um, you know, we, we knew, you know, that the child was autistic, but I didn't know the things that I know now. I just wish I had known more at that time um but i tell you i would love to have you back on again um with someone else that i know whose um, child is autistic um actually she has two autistic uh a, an adult um son uh who is nonverbal, and then she has a, a a daughter who is mildly autistic and she functions very well um so hopefully um if everything work out, you know, I would love to have both of you all on uh, so we can continue this discussion. Um, and so I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your last words, and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. And I would love to be on. But I also forgot to mention that yet morning is in uh, speech therapy and occupational therapy. So uh, she, she was able to get in, into that around October as well. So, um and uh, hopefully one day she will. Uh, well, yesterday we went to my, my niece's house and my sister said, hey, and we want to say, hey, now can you get her to say hey again? No, she won't. She's not going to do it. But she, uh, she, has said, she has said hey twice. Now, I'm also okay with mourning if she never does talk or uh, speak. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay with knowing that she may, I'm hoping and praying that she does, but right. if she doesn't, I'm going to be okay with that. So my next move is going to be how are we going to learn to communicate? I got to find out about uh, uh, sign classes and, and different ways. So that's what I'm working on now. I'm trying to get ahead of it and be prepared for it. If she doesn't talk, we're going right. to still be okay. That's right. That's right. Amen. Well, I tell you, this has been um, a wonderful um, discussion uh, tonight. And I just want to thank uh, thank you uh, for listening to tonight's podcast on autism. And thanks to my guest, 
co-host Natasha Boyd. If you suspect your child or grandchild may be exhibiting any of the signs we spoke about, contact your local doctor, pediatrician, or local autism treatment centers to have your child tested. Thank you for listening to A Woman Broken, A Woman Healed podcast, and we will see you on our next episode. Good night.